Okay, our series text today is found in Luke chapter 2. I want to read it again just because it's the Christmas season. And this message today is probably will end up be more of a teaching. You know, I love preaching. I love we need inspiration. But I also want something that we can use on Monday morning. And this is more of a teaching, more of information that you can use with the help of the Holy Spirit. So, But let me open up with Luke chapter 2. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. The angels declared that the birth of Jesus would be a reason to have great joy in all the earth. And we understand that the news about Jesus is still good news. And he is still causing, the news about him is still causing great joy for everyone who believes and receives him by faith. And I hope you have joy in your heart this Christmas season. Please don't let the materialism, the busyness, all of the trappings of this time of year still the joy that you have and the reason we have to celebrate. His name is Jesus, and he has brought joy to our hearts because of the salvation he's given us. So sometimes you have to just stop, take a deep breath, and remind yourself it's all about him. It's all about Jesus. Today's text is the words of Christ. John 16, verse 33, I'm going to read it in the Amplified. It says this, I have told you these things, Christ said, so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world you have tribulation. One uh, translation says trouble. The Amplified says you have tribulation and distress and suffering. But... Be courageous. Maybe your translation says, be of good cheer. Another one says, take heart. Be confident. Be undaunted. Be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. Jesus tells us, in this world, you will have some trouble. Christianity doesn't exempt you from trouble. As a matter of fact, sometimes troubles increase. But the good news is that we have someone on our side to help us to walk through every trouble. And he is right there with us. And he says, you don't have to worry about it. As a matter of fact, he goes so far to say, take heart, be cheerful, have joy, because I have overcome. And he's teaching us that in him, we are already overcomers. I don't care what your problem is. The Bible says many are the affliction. I'm supposed to be teaching. See, I get a preacher on me. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from them all. So you can have joy today. The title of the message is Joy in Trouble. Come on, joy in trouble. Let's say it, joy in trouble. Lord, we thank you today for your presence that's here. We thank you that we are overcomers in you. And yeah, there's problems in this room. There are us, there are many that are facing different situations, and it seems overwhelming. But, Lord, you have a plan of victory already for them. You've already purchased it. 
And today, we're going to walk in the joy of the Lord, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you help me to welcome everybody watching online? We thank you for tuning in today. We want you here as soon as you can, but so glad you're able to watch online. I talk to people all the time that say, I wasn't able to come for this reason or that reason, but at least we were able to watch it online. So I'm so thankful that that's available. Before we get rolling today, a little joke. A husband was in big trouble when he forgot his wedding anniversary. His wife told him, tomorrow, there better be in the driveway something for me that goes zero to 200 in two seconds flat. The next morning, the wife found a small package in the driveway. She opened it and found a brand new bathroom scale. The funeral arrangements for the husband has been set for Saturday. <laughs> How many of you understand he's in trouble? <laughs> and, and husband's going to help you. For Christmas, don't give your wife anything she can use in the kitchen. It's not a gift. It's quiet in here. Unless she gives you permission, right? So trouble. Trouble comes to us all. Jesus warned us, warned us that we would face trouble in the world. No one is exempt from it. It comes in all shapes and sizes and sometimes people. But the Christian has a promise of overcoming. As a matter of fact, I see Christianity as a, a, a overcoming as a synonym of for Christianity. We are overcomers in Christ. As he overcame, he allows us to overcome in him. The problem that we have is that many times we don't walk in him. Let me give you four causes of trouble. These won't be uh, uh, new revelation for anyone, but four causes. The first one, you do have to realize you do have an enemy, and he wants to destroy you. It's not personal. It's not even really about you. He don't even care about your name. He wants to get back at God. And the way he can get back at God is by hurting the one that God loves, and that's you. So you have an enemy. The Bible says it, 1 Peter 5, 8, be alert and of sober mind because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's got plans for you. He's got schemes for you. He thinks of ways to make you fall, so you must be aware of that. But saying that, we give him more credit than due him. The second reason that you may have faith, uh, trouble is faith. Faith will cause you trouble. As a matter of fact, the Bible teaches us that this is the way we grow as Christians, that we face trouble. It's called the testing of your faith. James says, count it joy when you face trials. Because the testing of your faith in the end produces maturity. And man, wouldn't it be great if we could just take a pill and be a mature Christian? 
But no, we cannot. We walk through things with the Lord, and our faith is tested to show if we're going to trust the Lord in the hard times as well as the good times. Can a good Christian say amen right there? And we want to grow up. We don't want to be babies in Christ. So when we walk through a storm, uh, we have faith in the Lord. He brings us through. It should give us greater faith for the next storm that we face. Okay, the third reason that this is really going to help some, bad decisions will cause you trouble. Bad decisions. Many, many are the cause of their own worst problems. One bad choice leads to another bad choice. And sometimes some people are just in this vicious cycle. Now, I could stop here and meddle a little bit, but I feel the tensity of the room, the point well taken. Allow the Lord to lead you. Don't just make a decision and run to the Lord every time expecting him to straighten that piece of paper out. Let's go to him first. And maybe it'll save us a lot of problems. Amen, somebody? And then there's problems that come just from life. <laughs> Living life. You walk outside, you're ready to go somewhere. A couple of Sundays, I went outside on my way to church. I am anointed. I am headed to church. I'm ready to deliver God's word. And it happens to be raining. It's okay. I have the joy of the Lord. I get in my car and I crank it, go to crank, and that, that's southern, right? Crank, crank it. And it went click, 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 click. There's never a good time for car problems, is it? There's never a good time for a flat tire, is it? There's never a good, a good time for, for things that interrupt our schedule. And not to even mention the problems with getting older. For some reason, my ears are getting bigger, but my hearing is not as great. Does anybody understand that? Seems like if your ears get bigger when you get older, you hear better. <laughs> not, I'm not going to go anywhere else with that, but, but age has some problems to it, doesn't it? So life... So problems just come, and, and Jesus faced many of the troubles that we have faced. As a matter of fact, the Bible says he was tempted in every way, but yet he did not sin. He overcame them, and he told us that we can be joyful even in trouble because in him we have victory. Philippians 4, 4 says rejoice in the Lord. That word rejoice is to have joy. Have joy in the Lord always in the Lord you can always have a reason to have joy. And he says it again. And again, I say, have joy, rejoice. So joy defined by the dictionary is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. And the problem with that kind of joy, I love that kind of joy, but it's based on my circumstances. The kind of joy that is the joy of the Lord is not based on your circumstances. As a matter of fact, it's in spite of your circumstances. And if you look at it with the right, uh, the way, the right perspective, it will be because of your circumstances. The joy of the Lord defined. This is the, my definition, so uh, it's right. A peaceful contentment with a hopeful 
expectancy, a peaceful contentment with a hopeful expectancy that is provided by the Spirit. It's not based on circumstances. It's based on God's faithfulness. It's based on God's goodness. It's based on his Spirit's work within us. I've been in the room a few times when a saint of the Lord was fixing to make a transition into their heavenly home. And it's amazing. There is a peace. There's even a joy in that room with that family, understanding that this is a life well lived for Jesus. And they're fixed to see him face to face. That's the joy of the Lord. I've been in a room where there was not the same feeling, where there's anguish and there's pain because the presence of the Lord was not in the room. Man, we have a reason to be victorious in Jesus. Nehemiah 8.10 says, Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. We all have those days that we feel down, but please be careful, child of God, because that down day could turn into a down week, and that down week could turn into a down month. And that can enter into a season of your life that you are in this, this dormant state in faith. Your relationship with the Lord is hindered. Don't allow the devil to trap you into that. You're not meant to stay in that trouble. And even in a trouble, you're meant to have the joy of the Lord. This Christmas season and every day of our year, we have a reason to have joy in the Lord. I want to give you a few things, ways to jumpstart your joy. There's four ways if you're taking notes. Man, this is, again, this is just a good teaching. This is something that you can use because if you're not going through a trouble today, I'm not trying to speak it over you, but troubles come. And you'll need to be reminded. And I don't know. I, I know for myself, sometimes some troubles seem so overwhelming that it just captivates me. And I will even forget all the spiritual things I know. And, man, we need to be reminded that there is a reason that we are victorious, and it's because of Jesus Christ, so we can have joy. Does anybody hear me this morning? Ways to jumpstart joy. Jesus has already given you joy. The Holy Spirit has given it to you. You and I just have to choose to walk in it. I have a choice. I can choose the joy of the Lord, or I can choose to focus on my problems. The first way is you got to concentrate. First thing to do, is to concentrate on being thankful. When you're going through this hard, difficult moment, stop and think about what you have to be thankful for. And I would suggest start with the spiritual things first. If you are a child of God and you've committed your life to Christ, the greatest miracle that you've ever experienced was the salvation of your soul. That your sins, though they be many, 
the Bible says, are made white as snow to be forgiven and in right relationship with the Lord, to be headed to heaven, to have the presence of the Almighty God living in me. That is the greatest miracle. And if you've experienced that, I don't care if you have four flat tires. Stop and think about, I am saved and I am a child of God. I'm not having to answer for my sins anymore. I am forgiven and I have a relationship with God. So I know, yeah, this looks bad at the moment, but I know who I belong to. See, I believe everything I have has been given to me by the Lord. So that flat tire belongs to the Lord. That's his problem. He knows how to bless me and, and give me the ability to get all of that taken care of since it all belongs to him anyway. The Bible says he loves a cheerful giver. I'll give him my problems cheerfully too, don't you? And we should think about what we have to be thankful for. Now, I know this is not an easy thing to do. This has to be a conscious decision that we have to stop and say, wait a minute, this looks bad. But let me take an inventory of the things that I have that God has done for me. And if you're saved, you have a reason just to stop right there and be filled with joy because I am on my way to heaven. And the worst thing that can happen to a person is to die on this earth. But that's the greatest thing for a Christian. Well, let's go ahead and do it. If we're going to clap, join that one person. Let's give God praise. Come on. Let's give God praise. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances. It really doesn't say for all circumstances because I'm not really thankful for all circumstances. But in them, I still should give thanks to the Lord for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So we should think about what we have to be thankful for. I want you to stop just real, real quickly. If you're taking notes, you can even jot this down. What are three things that you're thankful for, the most thankful for this morning? As a child of God, again, I would begin spiritually. Salvation, I'm thankful for salvation. Thankful. What else are you thankful for? Just jot it down real fast. If you don't have a pen and paper, just think about it. It wouldn't be hard. The things that you're thankful for that the Lord has done for you. Now, let's just give him a praise. Would you close your eyes? Would you just tell him you don't even have to say it out loud? But just give him a thanks. Thank you. Thank you. You didn't have to do that, but you did. Thank you. You didn't have to save me, but you did. You didn't have to come after me, but you did. Thankful, Jesus. Thankful. Thankful for that blessing. Thankful for my family. So thankful. Did it make the problem go away? No. But it sure gave you some joy in the middle of your circumstance, didn't it? And that's what thankfulness would do. Thankful people are happy people. Person that is always grumbling and complaining, they are not happy. They are miserable most of the time with themselves, and they want to make other people miserable. Now, if you're sitting by that person, turn to them and say, that's for you. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Somebody fix to do it. <laughs> you better be thankful. Keep peace in your house. Oh. Okay, let me give you another way to jumpstart joy. We talk about joy. 
jumpstart joy is so important. Spend time giving praise to Jesus. Thankfulness usually puts you in that position where you can go straight into praise. And when you start spiritually, when you start thinking about how the Lord came after you, I mean, how the Lord loved you when you were really unlovable, and how he, he sent his spirit, he, he worked through someone to lead you to the cross, to lead you to him. Man, that, that, that thankfulness takes you into praise. And praise is such a powerful thing to do. We should praise the Lord because he's worthy. But it's so powerful, too, when you're going through problems just to stop and give God praise. I know it's difficult, but if you'll just start doing that, you're going to handle the situation spiritually instead of physically. I mean, even when the problem comes, where you used to let out a cuss word, let out a praise Jesus instead. It's amazing how the atmosphere begins to change when you begin to give God praise. You don't give the devil what he wants. Start giving God praise even in the middle of the bad news. That's what Job did. He said, naked I came into the world, naked I have, I will return, but the name of the Lord shall be praised. See, there's a few things that praise does. Let me read Psalms 42. This is the psalmist encouraging himself. He said, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me, hoping God? For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. There's a few things that praise does. Praise gives you the right perspective. Praise gives us the right perspective. Hebrews says, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Look at verse 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith. That means Jesus began, he's the reason why you had faith, and he will help you, he will mature you to get you to the end if you stay focused on him. And praise changes our focus from the problem to him, from the problem that's a, that many times is so small, some of the things that are so small can get us so messed up, can it? But even if just say your problem is a big problem, you're facing it today. Maybe it's the news from the doctor. But can I tell you, when you start looking up and giving praise to Jesus, he's much bigger than whatever your big problem is on earth. And you begin to give him praise, it changes your focus on him who is above your problems. Praise puts the focus on Jesus who is much bigger than any problem. And it, and it reminds us that he has my back. I belong to him, and he has what I need. Let me give you another thing so important about praise. Praise releases faith. We not only praise God for what he has done, but we praise God for what he's going to do. We speak it out of our mouth. Again, he's worthy of our praise. He should be praised. But we ought to praise him for the things that he's done for us and the things that he has promised that he will do for us. Praise can be a thanksgiving for God's promises to us. And we can say, God, I thank you. I know this looks bad right now, but I thank you I'm not staying here. I thank you. I thank you that you've already proven yourself for me before, and I know you're going to take care of me. I give you a praise, Lord Jesus. 
and we praise God, giving him that thanksgiving for the things he's going to do. It releases faith. Your environment changes. Man, that, that news comes or that tragedy happens. And when you just stop and give God praise, I believe it brings to the third thing about praise, it brings is the presence. Praise brings the presence. The presence of God. Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. When God's presence shows up, his power, his provision will either, hear me please, will either change the problem or will promote you by using the problem. I'm going to read that one more again. It will either change the problem or it will promote you using the problem. I heard a preacher say one time, when you see a giant like David, just thank him for, for ushering you into your destiny. That David faced Goliath and it positioned him to be in the place where he would become king. So your problems, God knows how to use them to promote you to where God wants you to be. Anybody hear me today? Bring God's presence. Praise will trouble your trouble. Praise will trouble your trouble. When God, how many of you understand, when a very powerful person walks into the room, it's like all the focus, all the attention, almost like the oxygen goes toward them. Well, when your heavenly Father's presence steps on the scene, when you begin to lift him up, praise comes down, and when his presence shows up, things change. And many times he has to start with us, doesn't he? Praise is so important. Now let me give you another way to jumpstart joy. This is number three, jumpstart and joy. Another way to, do, to keep this in mind, you got to keep your purpose before you. You got to keep your purpose before you. I love this verse. Hebrews 12, 2 says this. Look into Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. I'll finish this verse now. Who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. Who, for the joy set before him, endured the the cross. Do you know who, not what, it doesn't say what. It says who, the joy. You know who the joy is? Who is you and me? It's the salvation that we would receive because he went to the cross. So when the cross was before him, he had you and me on his mind. Do you understand that? You and I. And many that have received and the many more that will receive, that is the joy. So it gave him uh, the joy to face his purpose. He had a purpose for the cross. Jesus endured the problem of the cross by focusing on the purpose of the cross. And our salvation was that purpose, and it caused him to keep joy through it all. And your purpose is your God-given dream. Every Christian should have a God-given dream, a God purpose. 
something that you understand that this is the way God wants to use me. This is what God has for me. Do you, you may not always know the details, but you just know something, a direction that God wants to use you in. Your purpose may at times, hear me, your purpose may at times cause you problems because the enemy doesn't want you to do it. Used to, especially on Wednesday nights, me and Patty were bivocational youth pastors. Kelly knows what that is. That means you work during the day and you use every waking hour because to do ministry. And we were youth pastors and, and loving it. As a matter of fact, we didn't even have Nick for eight years. We, did, we had a bunch of kids. We didn't need another kid at the house. And we loved it. And on Wednesdays, I mean, we knew it. And I would have to remind Patty, Wednesday morning, I would say, don't forget, it's Wednesday. And she knew what day it was, but what I was telling her is, there's an enemy that doesn't want us to do what we're going to do tonight. God wants to use us to, to speak to teenagers. God wants to use us to help a generation. And you understand, we have an enemy. Be aware, because he wants to trip us up. He wants to get us into our own problems where we don't have nothing to give to anybody else. So you have to uh, have a God purpose. You have to understand that sometimes that purpose may cause you some problems because the devil doesn't want you to do it. But you can have joy today because if it's a God purpose, God wants you to do it. And he will give you all that you need to be able to do it. And you can have joy. Is this hitting anybody today? You can be sure your purpose will provide you with God's power. And he wants you to do it and you can have joy in the process. Joy in the process. you got to get your God purpose. Pastor, I don't have one. I don't know what it is. Well, if you're a child of God, you're following after God, your heart is to do the will of God, you have God's presence living in you, and he is full of purpose for you. He's full. Now, be very careful. Don't try to judge your purpose by somebody else's and think it's insignificant. He's got a purpose for you. And if it's for you, it's important to him. And if it's important to him, it doesn't matter if it's important to anybody else. We just, uh, Angie led up, Angie Reeves led up the, the Santa for Soldiers. Thank you for everybody that gave to that. Thank you for those that got together to put those boxes together. And a big thanks to Angie for leading that. And she even found a ministry, a nonprofit, if you will, that took care of this postage to send those boxes overseas. Now, do you know that is, a, that, just say at the least probably would have been $25 a box. Those are pretty good boxes. That would have been $1,500 right there that would have had to come out of the budget. And this nonprofit took care of that. That's what he does. His ministry is to make available People that want to send things to over. Isn't that awesome? Now, by the way, church, you sent him an offering to thank him for doing that too. And, but if you look at ministry, and this is what I learned from him, and I told somebody, man, there's a way for all of us to be used. And God wants to give you a way to be used, a purpose for you. It's a dream. 
and I've discovered our God dreams and purposes, hear me, are more about the journey and less about the destination. It's more about the journey. How do I walk this out? God gives me a glimpse. He gives me a purpose. And as I'm going through that, it's usually so big. Most of the time, if it's God, it is going to be so big that you can't do it within yourself. And you'll rely on him. And he changes you along the way. And when you get to the destination, he's changed you so much, he can only get the glory for it. I have this video. This made me think of this video I ran across. Let's check out this little video. Here's the idea. You know, when you're driving along the road and you go off to the side and you hit a rumble strip to wake you up, what if we were able to change those tones into notes and then spread those notes across the lane of a freeway so that when someone drove down the road, it would play a song? We're thinking of the Wim Till Overture. We've been able to calculate the spectrum of spacings that we need for all of the different notes in our song. Let's drive this thing and see what it sounds like. I think that's pretty cool. And uh, they, so many people complained about it. They paved over it. Uh, probably there were people like me. I would have tried to go as fast as I could to speed up the sound of the music. I don't know why. But the lesson to that is this. When the road gets rough, don't forget your destination, where you're headed, and who you are headed there for. On the journey, let your life be a melody of joy and praise to the Lord. Would you bow your head? Somebody's going through a hard time right now. And maybe you're not handling it right. The road is rough. And maybe more than joy, you're going through complaining. It can change right now. Let's give him praise. Let's understand he's with us. We're not on this road by ourselves. He is right there with us. Let's give him the wheel. Let him drive. But understand, he's leading us. And whatever it is we're going through, we're going to give him praise. We're going to have joy. We're going to get there, and he'll have all the, the praise, all the glory. And we're going to be joyful for what he's doing in us. Would you lift a hand, somebody? You're going through it today. Let's give him praise right now. Lord, we give you praise right now. Help us to see it different. Help us to have joy. Lord God, let us give you all the glory. Let our life bring you glory. The way we praise you, the way we lift you up, the way we proclaim, let us be able to have that kind of joy that we can lift you up in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand, please? The fourth way is to find a way to be a blessing. Find a way to be a blessing. I won't read the last two scriptures. I do want to read this little story in closing. Man, it has a lot to do with how we see things. 
how we respond. The Bible does say about blessing, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Man, when you're going through a hard time, one of the best things you can do is find someone else to bless. Find someone else to encourage. It gets your mind off of yourself. The more you're thinking about someone else and the way you can bless them is the less time you're thinking about yourself and having pity for yourself. You want some joy, didn't you? Now, we're talking supernatural, right? It's not natural to think when you're going through a hard time. Let me find somebody else to bless. When you're going through a hard time, if you want to handle it and get the joy of the Lord, you find someone else to bless. Focus on someone else. I'm telling you, it will help you. True, would you come? Tootsie Rolls, I have a bag of Tootsie Rolls. Yeah, this is the candy that's usually left over from the parade routes. <laughs> How many of you love Tootsie Rolls? Tootsie Rolls have been a military favorite since the First World War. They were easy to ship overseas. They didn't melt or crystallize the way other chocolates did, and they, were, they, would, they would provide a quick boost of energy to troops. They were as adaptable as the soldiers who ate them. But there's an interesting story about Tootsie Rolls. It said during the Korean War, there was a major confusion over these little candies that many credit for saving the lives of American and UN troops. In November of 1950, the Allied forces were fighting Chinese troops at the Chosin Reservoir in North Korea. American Marines fought alongside British troops and South Korean police against the communist forces. A cold front moved in, leading to the region's coldest recorded weather. Everything seemed to be freezing over. Their, their rations, fuel lines were breaking, their weapons. Some of the men got frostbite. The Allied forces used mortar fire to break apart the waves of Chinese soldiers attacking them from the mountain ridges. They quickly ran out of shells and had to call for a resupply in order to keep fighting. They're in a bad way. And the only way they could get ammunition, however, was by airdrop. Commanding officers called in for more 60 millimeter mortar rounds. Using the code word for these mortar rounds, the code word was Tootsie Rolls. But the radio operator on the other end didn't have a code sheet in front of him. So instead of crucial ammo falling from the sky, Tootsie Roll candies floated down to the soldiers. The soldiers didn't know what they were going to do. Shocked at first, the resilient troops quickly found uses for them. They began warming the candies in their mouths, because you understand they were frozen, and armpits. And then started using them as a sealant. They mended fuel lines and plugged, excuse me, plugged bullet holes. The chocolatey goo froze in the cold air, successfully repairing their equipment. 
And as they marched and fought their way through Korea, they survived by eating the candies. One veteran said this, I survived for two weeks on Tootsie Rolls. The group who had taken to calling themselves the Tootsie Roll Marines suffered 3,000 casualties, but out of their 15,000 troops. They eventually made it to the sea back to safety. And although the candies, it says, are small, they truly meant something to those soldiers. And if you're not careful, dear child of God, you could be going through it. And things can come your way that you'll just get so aggravated about it. We'll fall on the flesh and say, I can't believe they've done something so stupid. We're out here and we can complain. We can give up. Or we can give God praise in all circumstances. We can ask him for his leadership, his direction. He can give us ideals that will blow our mind. He said he'll never leave you or forsake you. He's always with you. And I love it because this reminds me that the Lord can give you a sweet victory. He already has in the name of Jesus. Would you bow your head and give God praise? He's possibly already given you the provision you need, but you didn't see it. And today, I believe he's going to help you to see it. He's already given you direction. And you've been looking for something else. And he's already put it in your hand. If you belong to him, he's not going to let you stay in that problem. If he's not bringing you right out of it, he's doing something in you through it. And today, you need the joy of the Lord. I believe this message is to remind you, you are victorious and you have a reason to have joy. If you say, Pastor, I'm going through it today. And I need the joy of the Lord. Would you step out? I just want to pray with you. If that's you today, would you step out? Just a moment. You don't have to be ashamed in this house. We all go through it, and we all need people to stand by us. But you're going through it today, and you need the joy of the Lord. Step out, please. Just a moment. Lord, we praise you. We praise you. Lord, we thank you. The Lord is going to give you joy today. Yes, that's all right. That's the joy of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else? You need the joy of the Lord. How many of you? Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Mom, would you step up there and agree with her for that joy? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, let's give God praise, y'all. Let's give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you bow your head one more time? And I know you didn't step out, but you say, well, I could still use the joy of the Lord. Would you raise your hand? Lord God, you see the hands, and I pray that you would help them to have joy. Help them to be reminded. Let them see it. Give them eyes to see. Father, give them ears to hear what you're doing. Lord, you have not forgotten them. Lord, you're doing the work. And we thank you. It's by your presence that we will come out of this and, Lord, we're going to do it joyfully. Lord God, we're going to give you praise through it all. You are a good God, and you have not forgotten us. And we thank you for your faithfulness. 
and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give him a big shout or round of applause? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Don't forget all of the things planned for this upcoming week. Man, ladies, don't forget Tuesday night at 6.30, 6.30, bring finger foods. And uh, then next Sunday, I do want to share this real briefly. Next Sunday is our candle-lit Christmas service. We're doing it a little different this year. We'll have a table set up. We ask you to come about 15 minutes early. Invite your family and bring your family Christmas candle, okay? non-scented please a family Christmas candle you can bring it to the table you can light it and then the way we do it here we say a prayer each family prays among themselves so invite your family tell them it's going to be a, a family kind of thing and you'll have a family Christmas candle and what we do with our family Christmas candle we light it every Christmas Eve and we take communion at our house just reminding us that Jesus is the light of our world and we want to shine brighter for him this upcoming year. So if you'll do that next Sunday, come about 15 minutes earlier before service, you'll have a time to come up and light it and pray a prayer with your family. Also, there'll be a, a probably a picture scene. Hopefully there will be a backdrop that you can take a family picture together in the family foyer. So it's a good time to get your family. You've been asking them and they have yet to come. Well, tell them there is a family candle, and I don't want to be standing by myself. Would you come? <laughs> and then we believe Jesus is going to do a work in their life. Amen? All right, let me bless you before you leave. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance before you and give you peace. Have a great Sunday, everyone.